Podcast Network. So you talk now? Apparently. Oh. <laughs> this is the Extra Hot Creep Podcast, episode 204, for the week of May 21st, 2018. I am forgetful shotgun enthusiast David T. Cole, and I'm here with a 28-year-old junior, Sarah D. Bunting. That's Mr. Carteris to you, sir. <laughs> Antique media curator, Tara Ariano. Millennials love tapes! And grieving shag haircut, Joe Reed. It looks okay, right? <laughs> oh, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Extra Hot Great. Uh, we do not need uh, 13 reasons to have Joe Reed join us once again. Oh. Hello, Joe. Hi. Joe. Uh, Good to be back. But uh, we are talking about 13 reasons why. Uh, I don't even know how to describe this program, <laughs> so let's just say it's a Netflix drama and leave it at that. I have, a pro- I have a proposal here for season two of 13 Reasons Why. How come this wasn't called 13 More Reasons Why or 13 Reasons Why T-O-O? <laughs> or, or 13 Reasons Where or 13 oh. Reasons Who. Now totaling 26 reasons why <laughs> yes F- reasons 14 through 26 colon, come at me bro 13 reasons why volume 2 14 to 26 <laughs> bye uh, dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah uh anyway i watched and really enjoyed season one although it had problems i found them not that distracting. Um, there were pacing issues. Not everyone who got a tape should have had a whole tape, et cetera, yeah. and so on. Season two, uh, I am not finished, but I'm close to, I'm like a, in the middle of episode 11. I know about the scene in the finale. Oof. So yeah, um, I'm aware that that awaits quote, yeah. yay, unquote. Um, yeah. And I just feel like Tara, you tweeted last uh, over the weekend that you were like <laughs> season one. Like you were not uh, you were not impressed immediately by the Correct. series premiere. <laughs> no, I hated it. And I was like, you know how you you know you don't have to actually watch this because there's so many flashbacks at season two. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it today, and I was like, I think actually, if you had watched it at the time, m- maybe season two would be more palatable to you like i feel Mm. like the only reason i had any patience with season two is that i had already sat through season one and was like all right well let's see where this goes i don't don't know if that makes any sense but there there were a lot of problems in the second season and and i had a lot of trouble overlooking them uh joe having watched both seasons yes yes um would you agree that season two was trying to do a lot of things and failing at a lot of them i think in terms of like bigger picture stuff yeah in terms well like the big thing of course is that they're this is a very unnecessary second season the first season tells a complete story and of course adapts the entire ya book that it is based on there is there's not a whole lot of loose threads they sort of do the as 
a kind of a hacky job, I think, in the first season finale of like creating loose threads where they're literally like Steven Weber, like comes by the room and is like the one kid tried to kill himself and then bye bye and then leaves. Um, I think in those ways, season two doesn't really ever overcome that kind of idea that like, oh, this isn't quite necessary. And all of the big issuey things feel like the show is overreaching. But I will say on another level, on like the level of the characters, I think they do a better job in season two of of having the characters sort of round themselves out and interact with each other. And it does better as maybe a high school drama in that season one. It's all told through the tapes. It's all told through Hannah's perspective. So every single character follows the exact same arc of they're introduced to the story. They're nice to Hannah. Then there's something happens and there's a turn and then they're like unspeakably mean to Hannah. And it's just this sort of like escalating series of people being ever shittier to her. Whereas in the second season, it's not quite through her perspective. It's then everybody else's memories of Hannah and like other things that didn't get talked about in the tapes come to light. And everybody seems to be a little bit more realistic rather than just sort of these switches that are waiting to be flipped. So I think in that respect, I like it better as a high school drama. I think I, I think this, this show functions at its worst when it is sort of hot take, uh, suicide drama, teen violence drama. I think it does well with things like toxic masculinity. Like I think especially in the second season, it does a pretty good job of sort of showing the way that like these boys are socialized, but I don't know. I just I don't think it does very well with bigger picture stuff. And like the the stretching the second season around the trial is nearly fatal because it nothing yeah. about that makes sense. The, all of the lawyering is hilariously bad. The <laughs> the process, the, the attorney for the school is I would love to watch that with a lawyer just because it's just like I don't even know who she's defending. She's just like, well, time to like slander this young girl's reputation. And I get that the message is like. Look what we put, you know, sexual assault victims through through our courts. It's just like, but come on, like, let's be a little nuanced and realistic about this because this is ridiculous. Well, and let's give Ricky Vasquez a win, shall we, we <laughs> right. do that as a right. as a culture? He, here's my thing. Like, I think that because this does depart from the book, like, I didn't love the idea of a season two, but I liked enough of the actors enough that I was like, all right, yeah. uh, like, let's see what they do with it. Um but there's enough there's enough of like a retreat to conventional like wb adjacent storytelling mm-hmm. that the stuff that's really not credible like clay's parents i mean if that's intentional like how stupid and mostly absent they are yeah then it's like it's still not working like yeah. just do that 80s teen movie thing where the parents go to the Poconos for the weekend and it's like, you know, village of the damned, like just get rid of the parents completely and don't have Carrie Matheson's sister and fucking Josh Hamilton being like, uh, we said we'd talk about this. Like it's called punishing your kids. Yeah. There are just a lot of things that I like, I don't, I don't have a teenager, but I just found it really not credible like people go on junkie walkabout and then just come back to school okay and right. does there have to be all this barfing yeah <laughs> stop there's a lot of barfing barfing justin 
yeah. then I like took a break to watch our canon episode. And uh, Joe, you and I are going to fight <laughs> with, with our fists. Why is there? Why is there so much? Barfing That's a lot. That at least it's integral to the part and to the to the to the story, and we will get yes. to it. Oh God! All right. So, um, Tara, you feel ways? Those ways are bad. Talk. To yeah, me. I fucking hated the show. Um, <laughs> I am sorry to both of you because I know you like it, but I, I found it. I, I watched the first five episodes of season one before Dave was like, "All right, let's watch this thing," and I was like, "Bye!" And like, I watched the episode <laughs> one of season two, and I was like, "That it." It's not, first of all, it's not the show's fault that um, the setting of a, like, safe, suburban, mostly white high school full of, like, dumb dudes made me wish I were watching American Vandal season two. That's not the show's fault. But that was the last thing I watched that was, like, that's that that was in that milieu. So the whole time I was like, God damn it. But um, (laughs) at least we are getting a second season. So there's that. But I found the whole, first of all. If we may go back to season one, the twee business around the tapes, starting with their fucking tapes, but going on to like when she makes them, we see her putting like little bird stickers on yeah. and stuff like, yeah. are you yeah. killing yourself or is this your MFA application? Because this is so much. The, along those lines, Tara, there's a moment yeah. in the season two finale that would have put you over the edge then because there she produces <laughs> her mother produces a list that Hannah yeah. made. Mm-hmm. That is uh, 13 reasons why not that was, oh, like her like her like attempt to come up with reasons to not uh, do what she did. And it is 17 different fonts and different colors. And she found a color printer and it is unfathomable um, along those same lines. Oh, I and wanted you to say not... it was like an illuminated masterpiece, like a Gregorian monk <laughs> druid or something. Anyway, she's like carefully putting gold leaf on while wearing a jeweler's loop. Like, okay, it's too much. Like anyone. I mean, thank God. I don't know anyone who killed themselves. I have no idea. It's very possible that someone would go to these Baroque lengths and not in the process of doing it be like. Well, I put in all this work. I kind of right, want to see right. how this pans out. You I found I my mean? calling like, as a yeah, maybe as a I'll just disappear designer. for a week and then come back and people can compliment me on how much twee work I put into the Yes. Yeah. Or that when you get to the end of it, you're like, maybe all I wanted this whole time was a bullet journal. Like all of it is just it's just too it's so much. It's so much. And if the knock on season one was that it glamorizes teen suicide. 100% it does like it's the whole thing is like she had her life had no meaning or being that's like the, the counter narrative like what she's doing but like like no one really cared about her except to be shitty to her as Joe said until she killed herself and then she became this icon like like practically like a like a saint you know and like in this school it's like that would be very that's you have to treat this material so carefully and I feel like these these showrunners are not up to it. And when I heard that season two was about sexual assault specifically, I was like, oh, no, oh, no, this is not who I want to handle this. Like more ham fisted than SVU. Oh, no, 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 no. So um, season one or episode one of season two didn't make me want to continue watching. And uh, I just like I find the lead guy. Dylan Minnette, I, I have hated him since Scandal, and I still don't think he's very good. Oh, well, that's and the problem. fact that he's like he's our touchstone, like her. You know what I mean? Like he's not interesting to me. His head is weird. Like all everything about him is wrong. He's not cute enough. 
Miles Heiser would have been a much better choice if you have to make him straight for whatever reason. Um, yeah. But, like, he's a much better actor. And so for him to be sidelined, it felt like is even more insulting. But anyway, those are the ways I feel about 13 Reasons Why. Sorry. Um, no, the, it's, wigs, it's, the wigs are also terrible. Um, yeah. And, oh, poor Kate Walsh in that second oh season. My, as a, I know. <laughs> she looks Holy like crap. she's cosplaying a Keebler elf. What the fuck is even <laughs> happening with that ear fit? Romulan Dave had a had a judgment on that. Yeah, she looked like a Romulan from Star Trek. She did. Yes. <laughs> yes, she did. You're so right. That's much better. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, poor uh poor Alex and his you know, it looks like someone dropped a, you know, cow flop on him from a height. <laughs> not, yeah. not good. I mean like, at least he has the excuse it, that he's trying to grow out over the scar on his head. So like, all right, right. yeah. You know, Sh- well fine. enough, Alex. Well enough. I mean, I like Dylan Minnette, but I get that sometimes you just associate people with hating them and you can't yeah. undo it my julianne Moore thing took years to undo um more and, like julianne less yeah you're right <laughs> dave you just say all the things i want to say you're, you're better at it right now this is why uh, people I, say dylan minette is the millennial julianne Moore. No one says that. <laughs> now they will um but i i think the guy that plays bryce even though he's you know 30 ancient is, yeah is really good and yeah. is not like I could see in this role, like trying to be a bit like cartoon um, or like overplay it or somehow wink at the camera that you're not that guy. And he doesn't do that. And this yeah. guy, like this guy exists and is a monster. And this guy's really good. I like that actor. And I think they cast the villain well. And there's some other characters in it that are compelling but again this could have been done in eight episodes tops yeah as with all netflix series it's too long and each episode in itself is too long yes like they go to like right to the limit of like 59 minutes and 58 seconds and i hate that (laughs) yeah i also though about bryce that i i feel like the the click of athlete dudes are the predatory rapists it's like even that is extremely expected who wear letterman jackets who wear matching Letterman jackets, like, you know, I don't know. And that certainly gets doubled down on in the second season, I will say. Yeah. 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 One thing I do also really like about the show is that, and again, I think it comes into the fact that I think the show is more fun to interact with and deal with when you're not dealing with the bigger subjects. And that, like, it's a show where, like, there are multiple gay characters and then also multiple out gay actors, some of them playing gay characters and some of them not. The fact that, like, I could go through the first season and there was all the this social media talk about how the kid who plays Alex and the kid who plays Justin were, like, dating in real life. Hmm. And now the kid who plays Justin is dating Sam Smith in real life. And, like, huh. oh, shit. Okay. Like, it's like Dawson's Creek rumor drama, except, like, gay kids get to do it now. Which and I think speaking is, like, pretty cool. of Dawson's Creek, I, oh, love, yeah. I love that Crazy Movie is uh, <laughs> someone's mom and then uh, my high school mate maria dizia is someone else's mom yeah oh, Tyler's yeah. mom and then they cast the kid the parents with all these sort of like oh yeah look at that person's back and like, then Tom she's married to scott governor yeah. shelvoy from from uh svu or law and order like okay i see yeah. you show denise's husband from the cosby show and also from yeah. the hospital yeah and then bryce's mom is the brawless wonder like well yeah, for maybe <laughs> you need to take another look at that one i don't yeah. know yeah but yeah, I get I get all of the criticisms and Tara, I don't think you're wrong in any of them. I think it's just I think this is a show that I can compartmentalize yeah. probably better than most, but it 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 requires it. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm sorry T-Bone that we put you through this, but um 
yeah, like I oh, am yeah, gonna... we never put you through anything, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of barfing. I was punished. Um, yeah, I, th- uh, I think I was reading, um, somewhere today that there, there may be a season three. Oh, almost certainly there will probably be a season three. I think this and is one of their most popular shows. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, me cause... too. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm committed. Now yeah. you get a little sticker that says yeah. I, I got through the whole the whole thing i mean i get why like pizza hut i can see why teenagers like it for sure like i mean just the the high drama of all of it and especially like you know if riverdale is the other huge hit among this the teen set (laughs) tm like i i get it you know these stories have to be really dark but like you know everything's not for everyone and this is never intended for me and it's not for me have you read the the rhyme of the ancient mariner just look at me (laughs) you know i haven't (laughs) it is time to go around the dial first stop tara ariano i have a roundup of several finales first a brief mention of the middle the show no one watches but me or should i say watched because (laughs) by the time you hear this the series finale will have aired and that's why (laughs) yeah the plot line uh which was set into motion last week is that the oldest son whose name is axel is leaving indiana to take a job in denver so the finale was about the various members of the family adjusting to this big transition on a shorter timeline than everyone thought because axel was under the impression that 525 is june 25th um so you know they don't have a lot of time to get too sentimental and sue gets together with sean like we all knew she would all season but it was still very sweet it was a cute show Freeform airs like 500 episodes a day. So if you feel like something in the old Roseanne mold, but a bit more polished and a bit less mean and not at all like new Roseanne, this will do you. (laughs) Moving on to Dancing with the Stars. I continued to watch for the remaining two weeks after we talked about it with Will and I I do not regret it. I will say... Um, Joe, I know you watched at least a little bit of this. It sure. Yeah, I didn't like- watch last night after I saw your tweets about it. I was like, oh, maybe not. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. But it seemed like a thumb was on a scale for Tanya. I'm not claiming anything. <laughs> yeah. Any shenanigans are going on in any kind of slanderous way. But particularly last week after she won her head to head dance, whereas America voted for Jenny like 60, 40, not close. But um, the finals were her, Tanya. Josh, the hot football player, and Adam Rippon, and Tanya didn't win, which is mostly all I cared about until, (laughs) I mean, Adam was my heavy favorite the whole way through, until his final freestyle dance, which was a very dodgy, culturally appropriating Asian situation. (laughs) Like, they had fans that were part of their dance, like fans that you fan yourself with, not fans like people who like you. He was in a bowl cut wig, like a Chinese cartoon from the 1930s. Yeah. That's Tara, I saw your tweet last night about it being problematic, and then I went on my Instagram <laughs> stories, and I saw him in yeah. the bowl cut wig in my Instagram stories, and I was like, yeah. I am not going to watch this. Yeah, there's, there's no <laughs> Coke bottle this. glasses, but it doesn't seem out of the realm that at the very last second, a PA was like, I don't know where they are. Sorry. <laughs> like, that was maybe part of it. Oh, God. Like, at one point, they it's the two of them, Adam and his partner, Jenna, and they have a bunch of backup dancers. And they all, like, put their heads down in the crooks of their arms and with their fans in their hands and run in a spiral like ninjas. Like, it was all over the fucking oh, map. Boy. And then... The first judge who has to respond to this is Carrie Ann Inaba, oh who is God. Asian, oh. and 
it felt like she was trying to find things to say other than I think I don't think this was malicious, but that was definitely kind of racist. And so it was a real bummer for that to be the last thing we saw them do, because I really loved them all season. Yeah, they're really good dancers. I think he obviously being a figure skater. Yeah, yeah was more inclined to that. But like Jenna has been a favorite of mine since she started on. So you think you can dance several years ago. She's great. I also feel like though, that like having watched these dancing shows for as long as I have, there is a level of, well, appropriation is sort of a thing we've always done. So like, we're Mm -hmm. just going to keep doing it. And it's just like, you maybe don't have that blank check you thought you had like anymore. So, right. But it's like, there's a lot of, I mean, maybe a Latino person wouldn't feel the same, but like when they're, when you're doing a Samba and your critique is like, you need to be a hot tamale or whatever the fuck, like that and this are not the same. Right. But I hope someone who cares about them sits them down and explains why this was all bad. So they don't do anything like it in the future. Finally, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, this was the Jake and Amy wedding. I think that... Uh, Adam Sandberg and Melissa Fumero try, and they're not as bad as they used to be, but they are not a good couple. <laughs> like They have no chemistry. Um, I think it's getting better, but they like are one of the least chemistry having couples in sitcoms. And so the wedding part for me was like, eh. And then also, so they brought back Teddy, who is the Kyle Bornheimer character, who is funny, but like his whole thing when he came back was like, I still love Amy. Uh, I be I joined the bomb squad so that because she said I was boring. And now, look, I'm not boring. Do you love me now? It's like it's the day of her wedding. Like they already course corrected for this shit with the Boyle and Rosa stuff in season one. Like it's not cute. Incels are in Toronto running people down. Like, let's stop. Yeah. It's stop. We can't do this anymore. Speaking of Rosa, though, she got a plot line with Terry where he was trying very hard to find her a date and be supportive of her having come out as bi. And Gina Rodriguez is her love interest. And the two of them had like chemistry times a million. So that made up for how blah the wedding was (laughs) kind of put them in the shade, I have to say. Um, But my particular feelings about the wedding aside, the season has been great. I'm glad the show will be back on NBC, of course, as are we all. Did anyone else watch it other than Dave? No. no. All right. That's I'm all like I have. Three so seasons my- behind. So yeah, I'm several seasons. I'll get to it. Too. Yeah. Well, you should keep watching. It's good. Yeah. I will. Um, my plug is for the recaps. Uh, we have two more recaps of the Americans in our lives. So go to previously.tv and check those out. And then coming in June, we will have claws also by me. Hooray! And we'll be talking about that on the podcast as well. So we'll make sure to remind you. When that happens. Tara, you've seen the Americans finale. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I, the last line of my recap, spoiler, is it was perfect. So I was, I was very satisfied with how it all came out. Um, I wouldn't, yeah, it was perfect. I mean, I didn't, there was a lot of stuff in it that I didn't predict. Some stuff that I did predict and I was very smug about. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's great. Not you. I know. In honor of our lead topic, I present you this, the first of two 1980 PSAs. Will you survive? Will you survive? Will you survive? It was late one night, about a quarter to nine, and the gang had said goodbye, and there on the corner, all on his own, stood our friend, Will he survive? Cause it took him right past home. When he missed the bus, his friends are gone, and now he's all alone. 
don't know how I'm supposed to follow that, but okay. Um, A couple weeks ago, is I guess maybe it was last week. I don't know. Time moves differently now in the Trump era. Um, Fox (laughs) decided to cancel all its sitcoms, uh, essentially. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Last Man on Earth and The Mick all got chopped, I think, on the same day. And then New Girl ended that same week. So everything just They killed LA to Vegas this week as well. Yes. Yeah. So truly it's, you know, merciless and Fox is up in the air business wise and whatever. But um, I think almost immediately the social media outcry for Brooklyn Nine-Nine was fairly deafening and then NBC went and picked it up. So and that's good. And I like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I will say. Um, I'm, you know, a few seasons behind, but it's a really good show. But like it's a show that got five seasons and that's good and whatever. And I feel like nobody talked about the Mick getting chopped after just uh, two short seasons. And I really loved that show. And I am super bummed that it seems well and truly dead, uh, which is too bad. I think Caitlin Olson was fantastic. It had a, it had a way to balance this really mean, almost like violent streak. Like they would like injure some people on this show in some like <laughs> ways. Like the last episode, they like fully like lightning fully electrocutes the teenage girl. And like she ends the episode in like a hospital bed. And that's the end of the season. Um, <laughs> but they balance that with like some surprising sort of like good character moments, good relationship uh, stuff. And I thought the kids were the best kid actors, like comedy sitcom kids on television. I thought they were not even a little bit of like artificial sweetener to these kids. They were all exactly how they should be. The little kid was weird. And the older son played by the shitty redhead from that Wet Hot American Summer uh, Mm -hmm. Netflix (laughs) series, who I love. I um, love that guy. He's, he's so, like, he's so good on American good Horror on Story. Too. He honestly deserves to be nominated for an Emmy this year. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> and then Sophia Black Delia, uh, who was the corpse in The Night of, um, was great. Is also great as like the you know bitchy teenage girl. And they did a lot of interesting things. And they even did the trope of the Latina maid in a way that was new and interesting and still funny, but also not like gross so i don't know i'm it it was a bummer to me that nobody even was like mourning that show so like this is me doing my part for that i'm sorry i'm sad that the mix is going away so that also on that same tip though we're probably about to lose champions to the same fate nbc is going to wait until they air the last two episodes of the season which will be friday which is not its normal time slot so like that's (laughs) a very bad uh very bad sign somehow uh Against all odds, I ended up loving a show starring Anders Holm. From That's what Republic. I was waiting for. <laughs> I hate him. I hate him I know, always. Just, he ruined the intern, which was like, I don't know how you even ruined the intern. Like, it's, you know, there's no expectation for that movie. It's unruinable. Mm-hmm. And yet there he was ruining it. Um, <laughs> I've hated him ever since he showed up because I don't watch Workaholics, but like he showed up on the Mindy Project early on. And I was just like, oh, I hate this guy. So but he's the main character and he's like, he's not great. It's not like the, the show made me love him, but like he 
not at all is a detriment to that show. I think they use him really well. Yeah. Mindy Kaling shows up in the beginning and sort of drops off her son with his biological father, who is Anders Holm, and he runs a gym with his brother, who is played by Andy Favreau, who is one of the great TV dummies, like hot TV dummies that uh, like quintessential, perfectly sort of calibrated. And then the kid who is the gay kid from um, shit, what's it called? Other people. Other people. Thank you. I was like, you know, that movie with like two generic words in it. Um, (laughs) Other people, which is a great movie. Um, And I fell in love with that kid in that movie. And he's He's so good. as the Like the, you know, you know, drama school out gay, like half Indian kid who was like fully prepared to lean on every bit of like social capital he has to guilt his dad and his uncle into getting him to do things. And the gym setting is okay, but I thought the cast, even in the gym, the girl who plays the accountant, um, Ginger Gonzaga. So good. So funny. Yeah, she's they, good. They the rest of the gym, I would say it has the same problem as the Mindy project where it's like, there's just, there's too many characters. There's too like, many they, of them. They could yeah. thin that out. Although <laughs> not the other woman, the, uh, the fortune Feimster. No. Um, oh, the trainer. I don't know. Her yes. Name. Who who was uh, who was the guy's girlfriend in the first episode? She's really funny. I really like yeah, her. Yeah, she's a lot. funny. But like, mm-hmm. get rid of like the old Italian guy. He like has no place there. And Fortune Famester's fine. Um, but anyway, so that's probably going to go away at the end of this week too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Enjoy it while you can. Make some noise about it. Maybe it can you know end up back on Hulu like Mindy did. I don't know. I don't know how this business works. Whatever. <laughs> um, but it was a really good show, and it's again also. One of the far too few network television shows with a gay main character. And that was yep. the big deal. So by champions, hopefully, I mean, maybe, maybe a miracle, but probably not. <laughs> uh, and my plug is for uh, every day. I'm at decider.com. You should come over and read my stuff. Pretty good. Yeah. Read everybody's stuff. It's all very good. Um, I just got the screeners for pose. The new FX mm-hmm. series about drag ball culture in the eighties from Ryan Murphy. I will hopefully be writing about that a lot because I expect to God, if I don't love it, I'm going to be so crestfallen, but I really think I'm going to love it. That trailer <laughs> looks really good. Um, so I'm really looking forward to writing about that. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff this summer. So come read us all at Decider. Sweet. Will you survive? Will you survive? Will you survive? <laughs> survive arrived at home after being in school all day and he started to let himself inside in the usual kind of way when he suddenly found a frightening fact that made poor willie freeze his folks were out no one about and willie had lost his keys will he survive will he survive will he survive willie used his common sense don't panic that's the key Go to a friend or neighbor. Find a safe place you can be. Stay near a phone. Keep calling home until someone arrives. If you lose your keys or you get locked out, remember, will you survive? <laughs> All right, Sarah. Your turn. Uh, will we survive another season of Below Deck Mediterranean? Let's find out together. Uh, it returned to Bravo last week. Um, only Adam, the shithead chef, and uh, Hannah, the shithead chief stew, uh, returned. Oh, wait. Um, Sandy Yawn, yes, that's her name, uh, is back as the captain. Ooh. She's fine, but the, the season ons 
um, indicate that she's fixing to physically throw some people off the boat, like over <laughs> the side, fuck off. You could swim to Capri style, throw them off the boat. And I am here for it, obviously. Um, new uh, new crew members include um, Conrad, who is 23 but looks about 12 and has already gone on a rant about how he's sick of people mentioning his age, like, you're cute, get over it. Uh Casey, I think her name is, who is a Long Island pageant queen oh boy. who spent the entire first episode seasick on her boat job. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, was barfing into a Tupperware. Oh, yeah. no. So what's going <laughs> on? Why culture? <laughs> um, it was pretty hilarious, though. And they I mean, they need to mic her a little less um, assiduously. But yeah. I'm not not totally sure how one gets a um, yachting job uh, when one has apparently never even heard of Dramamine, but that's the situation. Uh, the first episode also featured um, some super basic and demanding guests who asked for a little bit of a like protein boost before they started drinking and um, harassing single men on other yachts, basically. Mm-hmm. So... 20 minutes go by, 25 minutes go by, neither Almond nor Filbert has appeared. And so the lead guest ha- repeats the phrase, I want my nuts. And also the phrase, where are my nuts? Like 15 times. And it's amazing. Um, by the time you listen to this, a second episode will have aired. But um, I am really looking forward to feeling irrational uh, rage towards these people and uh i will see you on the forums because it is great um speaking of rage uh my plug is for the blotter presents uh which is our true crime podcast here at previously.tv uh this week we have rebecca lavoy of crime writers on we're talking about the case of kaylee anthony and also this unbelievable true crime series from 1991 on lifetime uh, whose host is a woman who won a Golden Globe for playing the wife on The Commish. Oh, wow. her. Sure. And her, she actually passed away a couple of years ago from pneumonia, which is a little unexpected. But she was she had like this amazing true crime story that she was at the center of. And then she reenacted it in both her own TV movie and an episode of Hunter. Yeah. So I'm going to be watching those this week, I think, because it was pretty amazing. Not as amazing as her giant hair in the show. So follow mm-hmm. us at mm-hmm. Blotter Presents on Twitter. Uh, our visual aids will stun and amaze you. Hopefully Wait, in a good way. I, I believe you also have another Blotter update to share. <gasps> oh, yes. Uh, at last, uh, my husband, Dan Patrick Brady's Unsolved Mysteries episode has been located. Season two, episode 16, and I got to play the little music and then say update in my best, ah! uh, Robert Stack uh, so happy accent. Um, it's really delightful. And uh, Dan looks as 80, 1988 as you would imagine. <laughs> uh, there are Amber Visions involved. It's yep. awesome. Uh, so, yes, that will also be uh, mentioned many more times than anyone cares about in the Twitter feed. And once again, that's at Plotter Presents. And Sarah, who is the champion who found Dan? Uh, the champion, also from North Carolina, like Dan, is uh, one Beth, who did in six hours what it had taken me six years to <laughs> not do, which is Amazing. find this guy. And uh, <laughs> yes, she's now enjoying David Grant's Killers of the Flower Moon, thanks to being the speediest to ID my man. Love it. <laughs>
It is time for the canon. Joe Reed is presenting this week. Take it away, Joe. I am. Thank you. Uh, so for my canon presentation this time, I have selected an episode from the most recent season of Netflix's Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, they are ready to drop a new season. But as for right this moment, it's the most recent season. Um, I love Kimmy and I watch it eagerly, but it can be a very uneven show for me. And when it's not hitting its marks, that manic energy and those pitch to the rafters characters and performances can be irritating. So I know that presenting any single episode for the canon and for this show is sort of a roll of the dice, but much like hurricane Tammy with an eye, I'm going to push on through uh, <laughs> with unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt season three, episode eight titled Kimmy does a puzzle. Um, like many episodes of friends that I found this episode title is frustrating, frustratingly useless when it comes to conveying why this episode is memorable. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kimmy puts together a macaroni and cheese puzzle with Lillian and Artie and a reluctant Titus while they're all hunkering down to ride out the hurricane. But that's not why this episode is memorable. This episode is memorable because this is the episode where Titus eats Dionne Warwick. Sort of. <laughs> uh, so in between seasons two and three, Titus went off to live his musical theater dreams aboard a cruise ship. But he returned early at the beginning of season three has been sort of ostentatiously secretive about why until this episode when actually it was the cliffhanger from the previous episode. Um, and he finally unloads his deepest, darkest secret to Kimmy. He ate Dion Warwick as they floated on the ocean in a lifeboat fleeing the uh, ocean skank, which was the cruise ship, of course. Um, as Titus tells it, at least it was days, maybe weeks on the boat together He's starving and drinking seawater, and she taunting him with vicious burns like we hear in this first clip. The reflection on the water burned my eyes until everything was white. White light, white hot sky, and all the while, she taunted me. Vitals! What's salty and covers 70% of the earth? The ocean. Your butt! <laughs> what we burned! <laughs> That is Maya Rudolph playing Dionne Warwick. It is, I, I honestly feel like it was the comedic performance of last year. It was. It's so good. It's so good. Assume that for every one clip that I had Dave uh, cut, there could be seven more minutes of just her, all of her stuff strung together. Everything she does in this episode is great. Um, but it seems that Titus had drank too much seawater and it made him crazy and hallucinating because as Lillian and Artie point out to him, Dionne Warwick is not dead. She is alive and well and hosting a telethon for the parts of New Jersey that were washed out by Hurricane Tammy with an eye. So <laughs> all of these remembrances that Titus has of, of seeing her as a big turkey leg and uh, and eating her, starting with her legs as she requested so she could watch him joke on it. Um, <laughs> those are all a hallucination, apparently. So the the barrage of New Jersey references that she makes on this telethon are a show in and of itself. I feel mm-hmm. like I think the entire if they had cut an extra that was just like this telethon playing out as, uh-huh. yeah. as its own thing, it could have yes. been on its own. Yes. Um, her Dion Warwick impersonation is not really going for accuracy as much as it's going for just like pure lunacy, which fits the tone of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt perfectly. Every once in a while, she sort of, what they do is they'll hit like, oh, I'm going to sing a Burt Bacharach number. And it sounds plausibly like a Burt Bacharach number, but it doesn't ever really sound like Dionne Warwick. And honestly, that's fine. 
Um, the real question becomes how Titus ended up on that lifeboat to begin with, however. So initially he lies that the cruise ship caught fire, but that ends up getting found out when Kimmy sees something on the news about the ocean skank coming into port for the hurricane or something along those lines. So she knows that he was lying about that. Uh, this all comes up amid an episode where Kimmy has decided she's fed up with all the ways that Titus is a bad and selfish person. She tells him she can't be friends with any more bad guys. She's sort of going through a lot of uh, still post bunker stuff um, with the Reverend Richard Wayne, Gary Wayne. Uh, she thinks Titus might be a bad guy and she doesn't want him in her life if he's done anything truly terrible. So everything in this episode that isn't a flashback to Titus on the cruise ship is, I think, fine. There's the Lillian and Artie stuff. I think a little of them goes a long way. This episode probably has too much of them and they're constant making out. But like, that's the joke, like that. They're super gross and whatever. And that's fine. <laughs> um, Kimmy working out her lingering bunker issues by determining that this will be a fun bunker experience for everybody is, again, mostly just OK, though. It does give us this great exchange when Kimmy decides to lay down some ground rules. OK, I didn't want any rules. AMC Network's Sundance Now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart-stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. Sundance Now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as $4.99 a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now! But maybe having a few rules might help turn this bunker into a fun cur. I do the wordplay here, so stay in your Nathan Lane, Kim DMC, which stands for don't. Mm-mm. See ya. I can't follow any of this. Everyone talks too fast. <laughs> I know. It's like being at a party in the 80s. <laughs> it's once again Titus Burgess perfectly living up to the show's more is more ethos, and I think it works perfectly here. Um, the whole show here, though, the whole reason that this episode is great is the cruise ship flashbacks, especially once Titus reveals what truly happened. So he unfolds this entire story about how he was Dionne Warwick's understudy on the cruise ship, this production of Mahogany on the cruise ship. And <laughs> there's a whole section where she's sort of mentoring him and she 
He's feeding her moistened baby corns every day because the nubs massage her vocal cords. And that is a very important thing for her to teach him. And it is both gross and hilarious. Uh, it's I know it's not factually true that 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 about baby corns, but I deeply want it to be true mm-hmm. because I want to imagine every great singer sort of sucking down baby corns in this. Um, ultimately, Dion goes down the water slide one day and ends up getting sick because as uh, Lutz from 30 Rock, who plays the stage manager, uh, informs Titus, the all the pools and hot tubs on these cruise ships are essentially unflushed toilets. So <laughs> she gets sick for a couple of days. He goes on as her understudy. He lives his Diana Ross fantasy for a couple of days. Um, and then, of course, because he's Titus and because, again, this is this heightened flashback melodrama, he goes mad with a lust for stardom and ends up further poisoning Dion's baby corns with hot tub water out of a little spray bottle. And when he gets caught, he sprays both Lutz and Dion with the spray bottle of hot tub water that ends up getting into the air vents and the entire cruise ship gets sick and they all have, and they're all, uh, sorry, Sarah, puking and, and shitting and farting. And it's terrible. Uh, And (laughs) Titus ultimately has to flee on a lifeboat. It is a truly wild story, but as told by Titus Burgess, it is an irresistible ride here. in this clip (laughs) is how Titus sums up his last moments on the ship. My final performance was my greatest. But it will go unremembered. I have inadvertently poisoned 220 people. 223 if you count the sound guys, which I do not. (laughs) I knew I'd be fired, blacklisted, maybe even arrested. Also, as a cast member, I was contractually obligated to help during a medical emergency, and I was like, no, thanks. <laughs> so, like I said, the actual character work in this episode, where Kimmy gets so aghast at Titus's bad behavior that she moves out, only for Titus to high-five his way back into her good graces at the end, I think that's all fine. Um, they are the foreground to, or the sort of framing to the carnival of delights that is happening in Titus's flashbacks and also with Dion Warwick on the telethon. Uh, it's some of the very best comedy of TV last year, or I think of Kimmy Schmidt's entire run. I think um, it's enough to make this canon worthy just on its own. And if you're still on the fence, let me conclude with one thought provoking question, courtesy of Dion Warwick. You know, some people say global warming is a hoax perpetrated by the Chinese. But I say, show me the receipts. Because why would Xi Jinping want to flood my basement and rust my Bowflex? To what end? To what end? <laughs> so with that, I put the question to you guys. Uh, Purpose-traded. I'll go first. <laughs> Joe, this is an amazing pick. This is far and away the best episode of season three. Um. You're right. Maya Rudolph's Dion Warwick impression is not that accurate. But as you also say, who cares? Like this, this, the point of this is not uh, slavish accuracy. It's a, it's the spirit. And does it matter what she looks or sounds like when she's trapped in her own gown during a quick change gone wrong? <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> and her singing with Leah Michelle, who's just like some, bl- some white woman with like uh-huh. a wig hiding her entire face. Like ever, you're right. 
the the telethon should really be an extra. It should be like they should have reconstructed it like American or uh, American Arrested Development told in the correct oh order God. that they recut. Yes. Like just just do the telethon, however many hours. It is. <laughs> Bring us that instead of season four. Honestly, um, I agree with you about uh, Artie and Lillian. You know, a little of them goes a long way. I didn't think it was overwhelming in this episode, and I actually thought their storyline was sort of cute. Where you know she's she's worried about competing with the memory of his dead wife and stuff. Do we need it? Maybe not, but there it is. Um, better them than Jacqueline. Yeah, I don't Jacqueline's know. Storyline last year was really bad. I thought with the Washington Redskins and that whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Also problematic, but. Um, yeah, the the scenes Titus retelling his his worst crime against Eon Warwick and starting with like he would sit at her feet and literally he is sitting at her feet like oh, this is exactly what Titus is supposed to be doing in his life on the show. Like it's such a great showcase for him and the reveal that he stole all the pieces from all the games and the puzzle yeah. and like just <laughs> for stupid dolls like he's the worst and yet when he shows up at the dorm where she's fled and she finally realizes that what's gonna make all of this better is if he finally high fives her and he just says get down here bitch like it's perfect all yeah. of it is perfect um i love titus and uh this also the especially melodramatic parts of the retelling made me realize I probably should finally get around to seeing Suddenly Last Summer because I feel like if I did, the, the, all of those would land even more because I'm pretty sure that's what they're an homage to. That's a good Sarah. point. Yeah. Sarah. Um, that movie is, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a lot. I think uh, actually when we were doing a summer movie fest on Tomato Nation, oh, that right. time, I drew that one and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell did people think was going on? Um, yes. Anyway, uh, this was this was really fun to watch, but much depends on how, how much you're getting out of the Dion Warwick. And I was not a huge fan of that. Um it it just sort of like it was fine, but it was roll in love with itself in a way that this show sometimes can suffer for. Um, Joe, your point that uh, the pitch to the rafters um, ness of the show can you know work for it and against it uh, is definitely well taken in this episode because I thought that Titus Burgess was flawless in his entire retelling of this and like his his face like that west side story gesture he's making when he's misting people (laughs) is is amazing and then the camera work when kimmy realizes that like the rope from clue is nestled in a barbie's hairstyle (laughs) she's like um I always love Stoop Crone. Yeah, there's probably a little too much of them, but uh, Otter rolling out of the <laughs> rolling out of the bedroom all we did stuff was, was funny. <laughs> I laughed at that. Um, this is I'm, but I'm torn on how to vote because the the pacing of this, like the manic energy, seemed a little bit like that. You know, moment in whatever season nine of the Simpsons when you're like, Oh, they're standing back to look at the jokes now. Mm. That's okay. I mean, it was still, it was still good, but it was like, uh, you really can't, they really shouldn't look down. Um, so I'm not sure how I'm going to vote for this because I think that you are right that the Dion Warwick 
thing is the star and their jersey jokes were on point no complaints <laughs> there um for exits one to 82 uh-huh yep, <laughs> checks out that's real news uh and i would totally watch the telethon just to see what else they did with that yeah mm-hmm. but if i think if the dion doesn't land for you then it's then it's not quite not quite enough given uh, other other canon episodes from this series but i'm interested to hear dave's take on it so over to dave quickly though i realized now i should have clipped the part of the song where she talks about chris christie floating away because that is also (laughs) yes so funny i know who dion warwick is i remember that's what friends are for beyond that couldn't tell you one thing about her couldn't tell you if this was an accurate impression or not doesn't really matter it is like joe is totally right this is one of the funniest things from the season, and as he says, possibly from this year, it is so stupid. Like, the, like, like <laughs> this this whole conceit is just born in stupidity. It stews in stupidity, and yeah. you know, you get a big helping bowlful. I mean, that's just this episode. The problem is with this episode, if anything, is that the funker is a lull in the middle, and it's sort of bookended yeah. by these amazing, you know, uh, what Titus thinks and what Titus thinks happened, you know, after he realizes she's alive. So, um, and I think like the Funker stuff is okay, but in comparison to the intro and then, you know, the reveal of what happened on the ocean skank, it, it suffers from, from that. Um, but that said, Joe clipped four things. And I was like, that it, there's so much more that you have to clip. <laughs> So I'm going to go through all the great things about this episode in rough chronological order. One is uh, yes. the cold open. This cold open, you have to remember, we've been talking about this for like 10 minutes now or so. But the first time you've seen this, you don't know anything about what the hell's going on. And mm-hmm. this is what happens. Titus, what happened on that cruise? I did the worst thing any human being can do. I ate Dion Warwick. What? What? I ate Grammy Award winner Dion Warwick. <laughs> so it, it, it goes from it it goes from whisper to manic, you know, in two seconds. And just this, what what did he just say? He ate Dion Warwick. It was amazing, like just in the moment thing. It's right up there with weast infection for me for like quality <laughs> cold open from Bookman Nine Nine. Um, so then we get a little bit of Titus's reckoning about what he thinks happened on the road to eating Dion Warwick. And I would love to be in the writing room, writer's room when they were talking about how to describe the beverage that he's having. I was on that lifeboat for I don't know how many days, but nothing to eat or drink, but delicious Savory seawater. <laughs> Savory seawater, for some <laughs> reason, is extremely funny to me in this context. Um, and then there's some stuff about uh, that we, we finally see the telethon. And the visual joke is that all the people manning the phones are all like New Jersey stereotypes, which I didn't even notice the first time because I was like so fascinated by maya rudolph and all the things stupid things she was saying like there's a you know there's the goomba wife 
There's, yep. you know, the uh, white beater tank top guy with chest hair sticking out. Also, the robot shows up at one the point. The robot's yeah. in there, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Robot. the recurring yeah. robot. Um, and then we get the first song from uh, Dion Warwick, which is a song <laughs> that Burke Baccarat wrote for her. And here it is in its entirety. <laughs> when you break up with Leonard Nimoy, you get a bus <laughs> ticket to Sacramento and a case of crab for your memento. Why do I ever make for Uh, I'm going to read you the lyrics in case you can understand them. When you break up with Letter Nimoy, you get a bus ticket to Sacramento and a case of crabs for your memento. Why do I have a thing for spaceships? And when she's singing spaceships, her jaw sort of just like moves back and forth horizontally in relation to the rest of her face, which is perfect. Uh, then we, we do hit the Funker lull, I will admit. Uh, but then we get back into the Ocean Skank stuff. And uh, we get another great Dion Warwick moment. Oh, hey everybody, I'm Titus. Nobody likes Titus, but he is a damn nerd. <laughs> and then after an update from Weather on the Nuns, <laughs> from the Nun Channel, um, we get the, um, we're back at the party. One of the good moments, I thought, of the, fu- the Funker Lull was the PDA discussion. And this is a joke that goes from, eh, and then they put a button on it that turns it around. You're like, oh, they were thinking all along. Hope you guys don't mind a little PDA. Mm-hmm. Porno with dead animals? Girl, that's so much worse than what well, it is. Well, I'm always is. wrong the other way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my final clip is uh, towards the end where Kimmy is just fed up with Titus and they're having it out. You can't kick me out of here. One of my fake names is on the lease. No, Trevor Millionaire can stay. I'm kicking me out of here. <sighs> Again, I really would have loved to be in the writer's room where they were yeah. bouncing stuff back and forth. <laughs> what was the perfect first name? To go with for Mr. Millionaire. Millionaire. Kevin, yeah. what's, wait, how, do, how many syllables do we need? Like, that is a kind of like in the weeds comedy writing yeah. stuff that would be fascinated to be a fly in the wall. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. Um, just episode is just really funny. And I, I think the funny at the start and the funny at the end and uh, the PDA bit in the middle really kind of makes up for the, the Funker stuff that is like, you know, yeah. it's a B minus and everything else is like an A plus. Uh, Can really, I say, Dave? In my defense, for clipping so few clips, the instructions on the document (laughs) are very insistent about not recapping the entire episode. I do not want to be too Uh, But Joe, you're you're a legacy player. You can do whatever the hell you want. (laughs) (laughs) I need to throw Um, my weight around a little more. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this is such a showcase for Titus. And it's nice to have this episode on our show after the last thing we talked to Kimmy Schmidt about was the, the geisha episode. So right, it's nice right, to be right. able to Ooh, yeah, true. enjoy him again. Um, You're welcome. And this is, I think is his finest hour on the show. So well done, Joe. Thank you for bringing Thanks. it to us. Indeed. Uh, shall we put this to a vote then? Yes. Sure. Okay. Tara Ariana. I'm going to vote yes. And part of the reason why, which I didn't say when I was discussing it earlier is that the reason this episode works above all is that 
We believe Titus is capable of eating Dion Warwick. <laughs> I 100% think he is. I love Titus. I vote yay. Sarah D. Bunting. Uh, it is with regret uh, that I am not eating the Dion Warwick in this <laughs> case. I am going to vote no. It's a funny episode, but she's a lot and it's a little too much for me. Also, barfing. Don't, <laughs> don't bring that shit into the canon. Just kidding. That's not why. Uh, but it sounds like this is getting in anyway. So Dave hit it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to vote yes. And Sarah is an enemy of comedy. So with that. (laughs) Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt season three, episode eight. Kimmy does a puzzle or as it should be called Titus eats Dionne Warwick is hereby (laughs) inducted into the extra hot great canon. Americans love a winner. Yup. And will not tolerate a loser. Nope. It is time for winner and loser of the week. Sarah has the winner. Uh, televised vomiting, obviously. Just kidding. It's progressive Netflix subscribers as the Obama have now inked a multi-year deal with Netflix. And apparently conservative Netflixers are already threatening to cancel slash canceling their subscriptions. Bye, bitches. What is this going to be? What are they me. making? Is it going to be? Are they going to have like a hilarious uh, reality show about the Obamas? Like, like this they sounds so that. boring. Focus to me. on like, uplifting programming. Ugh. So own <laughs> but with Obamas instead of Oprah. This is just going to be like participation in media making TV shows. Probably or would, it yeah. sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's no okay. Thanks. They make good movies. Their movies are good. Eh, but I don't. Eh. Well, I mean, I don't know if the Obama's movies will be good. They're not producers, but maybe right. producer is a title that doesn't mean anything. Hey, I guess we'll find guess out. what? You also don't have to watch it, and they don't need to do anything. I'm canceling my subscription. 60 million with their, for their book deals. So for sure. It's fine. Yes. They, no one is worried about them. <laughs> they are fine. <laughs> Loser like. Well, speaking of <laughs> worried, uh, yeah, Neve Shulman, the least oh. surprising um <laughs> Uh, target of the current uh, phase of people calling out sexual impropriety. He uh, is the show Catfish, which he co-hosts, is on hiatus while MTV conducts an investigation of allegations by a participant in, I think, season four. His name is Aisha, who uh, last week went on YouTube and put on two videos that were basically her telling her side of the story of Neve being super gross about her because she is a lesbian and he made a lot of comments according to her of the, well, you probably just haven't met the right guy yet. Ha ha ha. And then Uh, propositioning her at her room and mm. also named in her videos is a PA on the show, female PA, I believe who it sounds like Aisha suspects that she drugged her drink because she woke up in the hotel room while this PA was in the process of sexually assaulting her. So really awful story, of course. Um, But again, uh, no one who has watched the show for 10 seconds could be surprised that Neve is a creep. This is not, this is not uh, a strain on anyone's uh, credence. So could this be the end of catfish? I mean, maybe they would bring it back with Max only. Would he do it? I doubt it. Obviously, if the plan was for Neve and his wife to take it over, that's probably tabled too. So maybe it's just time for, as I said in Vulture earlier yeah. this month, the show to end three seasons ago. Speaking about things that should have ended three seasons ago, do you know what time it is? <laughs> Boy, you're welcome. <laughs> is it game, game time? time? <laughs> 
listen up because I'm only going to say this once. This is the fifth game time of the season. <laughs> okay. Everybody get that? What? Yeah. This is the, oh, no. Season scores are currently Sarah D. Bunting with two points, Tar Ariano with two points, and Value Guests still looking to get on the board. Today, we are playing Television Jukebox from Carolyn, who earns herself uh, extra credit. Oh, no. Redeemable for an extra hot, great mini topic of her choosing. And yes, minis are coming back at a future date. We're trying to figure out exactly how to uh, do that. So stay tuned. Uh, I'll play a clip of a song. This is how it's going to work. Uh, that you you heard during an episode of a TV show. And you just have to tell me what show it's from. That's it. That's as simple huh. as it is. One point for a correct answer. We got 21 songs today. And there are no equalizer zone challenges because of the move and the trivial pursuit questions are still in the box somewhere, along with other things that I am trying to find, but yet cannot. Not that I'm mad about it. All right, Tara, steel meal situation, please. <laughs> Sarah Debunting has three steel meals. The valued guests have two steel meals. I have zero steel meals. All right. Keep that in mind. If you uh, know an answer after somebody guesses incorrectly. Make sure to shout real fast so I don't reveal the answer. And you can steal that delicious point. Let's throw it to Picky to see who's going first. We will start with Sarah. All right, Sarah, are you ready to start us off on Television Jukebox? Would you like to say who's going after me? Yes, I would. Joe <laughs> and then Tara. Okay. okay. Then yes, now I'm ready. <laughs> Thank you. All right, here we go. I'm a fool to do your dirty work. Go, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do your dirty work no more. He had many fine qualities, the late Feeney, but singing, maybe not one of them. Uh, that is The Sopranos. You are correct, and you are on the board with one point. Joe, here's your first question. Bum, 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 Mr. Sandman. I swear to God, at first I was like, well, this is unfair because the characters are on helium, so I don't know. <laughs> also, going Grease on. was a show? That's not a thing. <laughs> then I got it. Uh, it's Will and Grace. You're correct. All right. Everybody's got a point so far. Tara, can you get a point by identifying this song? Let's find out. No one knows what it's like to be the bad man, to be the sad man behind blue eyes. I believe this is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You are correct. Everybody has their first point. Back right. to Sarah. If I didn't have you, life would be blue. I'd be Doctor Who without the TARDIS. Is it me or does she not look so good? <laughs> a candle without a wick, a Watson without a crick. I'd be one of my outfits without a dick. I'd be cheese without the Mac, jobs without the Wozniak. I'd be solving exponential equations that use basis not found on your calculator, making it much harder to crack. My God. Uh, I don't know. They're giving you a lot with context clues in that one. 
I'm sure they are, but I still don't know what it is. <laughs> Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? It is not. It is The Big Bang Theory. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, okay, sure. All right, to Joe. Yes. It's late, and I've got a lot of paper. It's 9 o'clock on a Saturday. It's 9.15, actually. The regular crowd shuffles in. There's an old man sitting next to me Making love to his tonic and gin Oh, crap. Um, not over. He said, son, can you play me a memory? I'm not really sure how it goes But, but it's sad and it's sweet And I knew it complete When I wore a younger man's clothes Now it's over. Oh, shit. I caught something at the end there. Wait, who did I catch? Oh. Shit. Oh, I can almost picture this person's face. <laughs> Damn it. Um, you might have heard Nathan Fillion, maybe his voice. Yes, that's who I heard. Damn it. <laughs> his fucking guy. Castle. Castle? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Two times. <clears throat> the sun is shining. Come on, get happy. The Lord is waiting to take your hand. Shout hallelujah, come on, get happy. We're going to the promise. That feels like I should know it, but I do not. Is it? Uh, okay. Yeah, no, take a guess. <laughs> um, Into the Badlands. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. <laughs> you should know it. Uh-huh. Um, that but, is House. House. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Okay. All right. So we're still all at one point, and we're going back to Sarah. You ever know that you're my hero? Oh, my God. You're everything I would like to be. And I can fly higher than an eagle, because you are the wind beneath my Uh, can I just hear the beginning part again? You ever know that you're my hero? Oh my god! You're everything I would like to. Uh, I don't, well, I don't actually know, but I'll just guess Broad City? Steel Mill? Steel Mill, yeah. Joe calls Steel Mill. Take it away, Joe. Is that Gilmore Girls? Correct. Oh. All right. That... I noticed that mumble anywhere. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That is Gilmore Girls, and this is also for you, Joe. One way or another, I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna get you, get you, get you, get you one way or another. I'm gonna win ya. I'm gonna get ya. I'll get ya one way or another. I'm gonna see ya. I'm gonna meet you, meet you, meet you, meet you one day. Maybe next week. I'm gonna meet that would be Veronica Mars. That it would. Nicely <laughs> done. Tara. But she's not wanting to build a snowman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Overture, curtains, lights. This is it. We'll hit the heights. <laughs> what heights will hit. On with the show. This is it. I want you guys to know I involuntarily did the, like, marching arms on <laughs> Oh, What Heights Will Hit. That's Seinfeld. <laughs> Yes, it is. Okay, back to Sarah D. Bunting for this song. So you heard from some folks that I ain't been true. 
I guess you still get gossip in the clink. It happened on one night as full of so-called and lime when a pretty boy bought me a drink. And he said, "Darling, you're too pretty to be sad." I don't know, Nashville. Mm, no, nope. I would have guessed. Uh, this that was a tough one because there's a chameleon of a show that was I Zombie, I Zombie. Oh. Okay, we're right. never gonna get that. R.I.P. to Joe. If I had wings. Like no one's done, I'd fly up the river to the one I love. Fare thee well, honey. Fare thee well. Huh. It sounds like something I've seen, but I can't place the voice. I'm going to guess Friday Night Lights. That's a decent guess. Um, but in fact, it is now it is 1700th season Supernatural. Oh, <laughs> then I okay. haven't seen it. Okay. All right. This is for Tara and we'll bring us into our first score break. Here you go, Tara. Okay. <laughs> Some boys go to college, but we think they're all wussies because they get all the knowledge and we get all the. <laughs> I should know I'm Frazier. <laughs> Correct for one point. Okay, Tara, let's please get the scores here just a little after half the game is done. Okay, Sarah has one point. Joe and I are tied with three points each. Okay, it is still anybody's game. Here we are with question 13 for Sarah, and I got a good feeling about it. Miami, Miami, <laughs> you got style. Blue sky, sunshine, white sand by the mile. When you live in this town, each day is sublime. The coldest of winters are warm and divine. I'll be... Uh, that's the Golden Girls. Indeed it is. To Joe. Brothers, oh brothers, my days here are done. The Dornishman's taken my life. But what does it matter for all men must die? And I've tasted the Dornishman's wife. I have. I've tasted the Dornishman's wife. This is another one I think I've heard. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, and I don't want to steer you on a path, but I think there are some lyric context clues there. <laughs> Better. Oh. Oh. It's exactly what I... Yes, okay. It's, that's the face that I had in my mind. This is uh, um, Game of Thrones. It is indeed. Oh. Yeah. Who is that? It's Bronn, oh, okay. right? It's him when he's in oh, the in the Sarah's jail favorite. in the uh, yeah in, in whatever the southern realm. Because is. honestly, the way he was singing, I could if you told me it was Jim Broadbent, I would be like, "Yep, sure, <laughs> yeah." Okay, this is for Tara. Hold me close and hold me fast. This magic spell you cast. This is the young roses. 
I'm furious because I know I've watched this and I can't pull it, so I don't know. Mm. Uh, girls. Mm. Incorrect. That is girls. How I Met Your Mother. I'm sure you did watch that. <laughs> of course. I would have guessed, guessed Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> yeah, that's a good guess, no. actually. Yeah, it does sound. Yeah. Um, okay, this is back to Sarah. If you leave me now. Take away the biggest part of me Ooh, now baby, please don't go Ooh, now I just want you to stay Shopping Ruckaloo <laughs> um, I don't know, so let's guess Benson that is Modern Family. Modern uh, Okay, this is Joe's question. As the snow flies on a cold and gray Chicago morning. What is this? A poor little baby <laughs> was born. In the ghetto. In the ghetto. And as mama cried, as if there's one thing that she don't need, it's another hungry mouth to feed. In the ghetto. Dang. Can I hear the beginning one more time? As the snow flies on a cold and gray Chicago morning. What is this? A poor little baby <laughs> toe was born. I don't know. Mm. Uh, Tara, I know you have no steel meals, but do you know what the answer is? I don't. That I mean, I thought you might hear it, but if you don't, if you didn't watch the show, it wouldn't mean anything. That was Mark, Margot Martindale saying, "What is this?" That's <laughs> new girl. Yeah. There, it's Nick's oh. dad's funeral, and she played Nick's mom. Okay, Tara, here is your second to last song. The drum beats out of time. If you're lost, you can look and you will find me. Time after time. If you fall, I will catch you. I will be waiting. Time after time. Time after time. Time after time. That's Parks and Recreation. I love that Reddit moment so much. You are correct. All right, let's quickly get the scores. Well, now Sarah has two points, and Joe and I are still tied, but now with four points. All right. Everybody's last question is heading your way. Here is Sarah D. Buntings. Wait for the music to end. understand i get misty just holding your (laughs) (laughs) wow 
Wow. Yeah. That was fun. Um, I, I thought I was going to be able to get that voice, but I couldn't quite do it. So X-Files. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't Steel meal? Oh. End. Yeah. All right. Steel meal from Joe Reed. I'm taking a chance because I do think I got the voice. Is it Magnum P.I.? It is Magnum <laughs> Yes. That puts oh. the pressure on. Joe, you could clinch it with the correct answer for your actual song, which is here. Unbreak my heart Say you love me again You know what? I like this song. This hurt that you come hey, Shut up! Get to see Shut up! The nerve. Unbelievable. Unbreak these tears <laughs> I've cried so many times Alright, here's what's fucked up is I think this song got also used in a different show, and that's what I'm thinking of. Oh. Because I don't think the voices match up. Right. But the one I'm thinking of is One Day at a Time. Is that your answer? Yeah, because I can't. I don't know what this other one is. It is not. Yeah. It is, is it the other happy one. Happy Endings? No, it is what not is it? Happy Endings. Oh. It is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh. oh. All right, so Ouch. Joe, you're Tara, one... Don't they sing some Tony Braxton song in a One Day at a Time episode, or am I crazy? Probably. I yeah. don't recall okay. that. Yeah. Joe is one point ahead. Tara, you have one question left. You have to get this right to force a tiebreaker. Here is okay. your song. Well, I guess it would be nice if I could touch your body. Not you, sir. I know not everybody has got a body like you. Ow. Well, that's, of course, hilarious podcast sitcom. <laughs> Alex Inc., JK, JK, not my real guest. That's Scrubs. That is Scrubs, and that forces Ooh. a tiebreaker. All right. Ooh. Guys, get ready. Crick your neck. Crack your knuckles. Limber up. up get guys? loose. Get loose. First person to shout out the name of the show. We'll win today's game time. Are you ready, Joe? Yes. Are you ready, Tara? Yes. Oh, mommy. Oh, daddy. I am a big old daddy. Friends! Oh, mommy. Oh, daddy. Oh, shit. I am a big old daddy. It is friends. And just in case we needed an extra, extra tiebreaker, this is one's going to be open to everybody. First person to answer it gets a steel meal. Are you ready? Okay. Yep. Yes. Ground control to major Tom. <laughs> Also friends, yes, two <laughs> friends tiebreakers. Tara wins everything today. Congratulations, Tara. Well job, Tara. 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 Port Volvide. Fuck that up too. All right, here we go. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Dave, is this the end of the show? And this is the first take for the end of the show. I would say yes, dear listener, it is. That is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We renumerated all the reasons why we are watching. 13 reasons why. Before we went around the dial, what stops at the middle? Dancing with the Stars, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Willie Survive, The Mick Champions, and Below Deck Mediterranean. Joe avoided the pool water baby corn and stole the show, getting Kimmy Does a Puzzle into the extra hot great cannon. We crowned winners and losers of the week, and Tara was the winner of this week's game time. Remember. We're listening. I am David Tickle, and on behalf of Tara Ariano, 
Well, I'm always wrong the other way. Sarah D. Bunting. And one gerbil. And Joe Reed. <laughs> Two what and... <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next time right here on Extra Hot Great. But then... We caught on fire and the ship sank, but everyone's fine. <laughs> and I'm sorry... in a production of the previously.tv podcast network. This is Acast Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. Okay, you know, we've had a problem here. A dramatic rescue mission from the depths of space. You're 200,000 miles out. You're in a spacecraft that's dying. 13 Minutes to the Moon Season 2 tells the real story of Apollo 13. There's one whole side of that spacecraft missing. I literally got on my knees and prayed. 13 Minutes to the Moon. Where am I time? From the BBC World Service. We're not going to the moon anymore. We're going to just be damn lucky to get home. ACAST is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts.